Hi, I'm Millie Albers, your co-host to Positive Parents Resilient Kids podcast, where we are joined each episode with Dr. Terence Shepherd, the paediatric psychologist and co-author of Positive Parenting, your guide to raising psychologically healthy children. Now, I'm a parent who's just begun my journey on parenting, and I'm pretty excited to be sitting here next to Dr. Terence Shepherd today, as this is episode one. Absolutely, Millie. Um, it's great to be here. I'm very much looking forward to discussing the thoughts that my, my wife and I, when we wrote our book, uh, the approach to parenting that we we believe will help all parents to maximise children's chances of leading successful, healthy, happy lives. And that's really what it's all about. So is that what motivated you to write the book? Our first, I think our first motivation was our concern about the rising levels of poor mental health in in young people in Australia. I think many, many people tuning in uh, to this will be aware that not only in Australia, but certainly in the Western world in general, that mood disorders like anxiety and depression amongst youngsters increasing at an alarming rate and unfortunately accompanied with that self-harm, incidents of self-harm, of attempted suicide and tragically suicide as well. These increases are too rapid and too sudden to be explained in terms of better recording or better reporting of numbers. There is something real happening to young people and clearly that's not good. So we started talking about where, what might be the causes of rising mental disorder. And there are a number of explanations. You could say, well, it's DNA or it's socioeconomic background. But the research is quite clear that the, the key to understanding mental health in children is parenting is how they're nurtured. And when I say parenting, I'm including there are, there are foster children, there are stepchildren, there are children who are raised by grandparents. All of the people in a carer role uh, are covered in our book. They are all parents in that situation. And how they approach the day-to-day task, the day-to-day challenge of raising children is absolutely critical for the future mental health of their children. Mm. So parenting, it's a tough gig. But what I what I really like what you've said before, and we've had conversations post before this recording, is that it should be joyful absolutely. as well. Absolutely. It should be really joyful. And I think that's why, you know, you've that the reason why we're recording and creating this podcast is because we want to create and share and show that parenting can be joyful. And let's talk about actually what is positive parenting. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm glad you raised that point. Parenting should be fun. My wife and I, we've raised three children and for the most part it was fun, partly because, and I think this is important for all parents, it's important that we at least do not get too concerned about what is happening. It's one thing to be aware of potential pitfalls in the future but it's quite different to become too anxious or too concerned about those in the here and now. So positive parenting, if if, if you want to put it in a nutshell, in the book there's a quote from uh, the US musician, actually, Usher Raymond. He says, "Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not raising children, I'm raising future adults. When I, I first read that quotation, it really struck home to me that, yes, that's exactly right. Let's face it, whether your child is 2, 3, 8, 14, in a very, very short space of time, they're going to be out in the world living their own life, and which that, is, yeah. of course, what we want for them. But we don't have a lot of time and it's preparing them for the future to be happy, resilient adults, which is the focus mm-hmm. of positive parenting. Mm. I love that quote. It's parenting is about, let's repeat that again. It's about bringing your children to raise them into future adults. Correct. Future adults. You're not raising children, you're raising future adults. Correct. That, I think that changes the whole perspective of parenting completely. When, it, when you told me that, who would have thought Usher would have been? Yeah, know, absolutely. Here we are talking about Usher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it's true. Like it changes your perspective. And also I think your relationship that you have with your children, when you look at them as future adults 
rather than children. I think your respect for them goes up a whole nother level. Uh, absolutely. How you interact with them, yep. how you, you know, you, how you teach them, how you talk to them. It's, yeah, I think that that's such a key, key one. And mm. I, I'm glad that you've came up, found that, or yeah, discovered yeah. that quote. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a, it, it, yeah. it does. It encapsulates mm-hmm. um, the purpose of positive parenting. So what does a future adult look like when it comes to defining success? Okay. So once we agree that that's, that's our, our, our task, our challenge, our joy, we then need to say to ourselves, how do I get to the point where my, the young person I'm responsible for is an independent, confident, resilient, psychologically healthy young person, young adult? And our approach very much is to equip young people with characteristics or personality traits, if you prefer, which will equip them to lead a successful life defined in their terms, to forge a future for themselves and ultimately their own families, which are worthwhile and satisfying for them. Mm -hmm. I believe quite strongly it is not a parent's job to dictate a future for a child. Now, many parents would say, oh, no, I'm not doing that. But I think most of us, if we're honest, we would have preferences for what the future for our children look like, and that's okay. But as much as possible, I think we need to put our, our, our young people in a position where they can make choices which are right for them and they can, they can forge a future which is therefore worthwhile and satisfying for them. Mm-hmm. That's certainly how we, we define success as a parent. So to summarise that, it would be um, psychologically healthy, happy, independent, resilient. Probably all, the four, all, yeah, all, all of, of that. the above. Mm-hmm. All of the above. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, the elements of character. Sure. That sounds really interesting. And I believe, so there's 10 elements of character, uh, which you dive deeper into the book, yeah. Positive yeah. Parenting. But yeah. let's um, just summarise what those 10 characters sure. are. Sure. I can just... Um, um, just dip into the, the book for a moment. We came up with these after many, many years of conversations. This, this book is the product of 30 plus years of conversations between Margaret and myself about children and about parenting and why some children seem to blossom, uh, they develop, they're happy uh, and they're successful, while other children, notwithstanding they have a lot of opportunities, uh, seem to struggle and seem to lose their way on the path to adulthood. So what characteristics do I want to see in my children, not only when they're adults, but as they grow? What, what accomplishments of character should parents be trying to develop? We came up with 10, self-confidence. Kids, kids are happiest when they're standing on their own feet. Now, Obviously, we need to give them independence in age-related stages, but even, even your young George at two needs a space in his life where he's in charge, where he decides, okay? So self-confidence, persistence. Persistence is, for many, many people, persistence is the most fundamental quality of character that we need because we know that Everyone's life will have its ups and its downs. We know that the challenges lie ahead for our children and the capacity to accept that not everything will go our way all the time and to be able to persist in the face of these challenges is, is a precious gift that we need to, to give our children. So mm-hmm. self-confidence, persistence, maturity. Mm-hmm. Can, can I just ask you a question about that? You mentioned about yeah. space. It's really yeah. important for your child to have yeah. their space. Absolutely. When you talk about that, do you mean creating an inspiring environment in their bedroom or a, a space in the house where they can do what they love to do, whether it be trains or drawing or, you know, if they're older, you know, music yeah. or what mm. do you mean by that? Uh, if it's raining outside in the house, otherwise mm-hmm. the best possible activity for children is outside with other young people doing their own thing. Okay. All right? Yep. If you watch children 
on their own, children in groups, you leave them to their own devices, what do you see? You see some of the most scary risk-taking that you can imagine. Children are hardwired to test themselves. Why do children climb trees and why do they jump off monkey bars? Why do they ride their bikes at you know, ridiculous speeds around the garden? Okay, they're hardwired. And as far as, as, as research uh, has established, it's because young people are preparing themselves for adulthood. You see puppies playing in a group. They play fighting, they play hunting, they play chasing. Because as adults in the wild, in their original form, that is what they had to do to survive. Our children are the same. The key principles of positive parenting is the notion that children are Mm anti-fragile. And anti-fragile means something that responds well to pressure, a degree of pressure, a degree of strain. All right? A glass. A glass is fragile. If you don't look after it, it will break and it will be permanently damaged. Something that is a rubber ball is, is extremely robust and is immune to, to all damage. And this is a particularly a difficult concept to grasp because a newborn baby is, appears fragile and they need 24-7 care. There is no question about that. But very, very quickly, children need an opportunity to test themselves to challenge themselves physically and psychologically. And so a space that is the child's own uh, is that space within which they can test themselves physically and mentally. Obviously, we, we allow the space or what we call a sphere of autonomy to extend in age-related stages, but we must let it grow. And we must not only accept that our children will test themselves, we need to encourage it to a point as well. Something that is anti-fragile like a child is designed to to struggle, is designed to develop and to grow in its environment. Mm -hmm. And if we don't allow it to do that, we will permanently damage the child neurologically and psychologically the child will become a different person. For example, a child who never gets any exercise physically will be weaker than a child who has had regular exercise, played regular sport, okay? So being willing to, and indeed encouraging our children to stand on their own feet, to make their own decisions, to try things, and if they make a mistake, to to fix things. Mm -hmm. Maybe with our help sometimes, but as much as possible, they are making, you know, they, they make their own decisions and they are building, building a world that they are comfortable in and, they, and they, feel, they feel competent. And as we expand that as they grow, what do we have? We have the emerging adult who is confident in their world, who feels com- competent and who feels able to cope with challenges Mm -hmm. because they've done it many, many times before. So what would you say to a child, let's say your child is an introvert, and being outside in space, interacting with other kids just sounds terrifying. They're shy, but as a parent, they know that it's really healthy and good for them to, to get out yeah, yeah, yeah. and interact. Um, what would be some strategies or tactics that you could advise parents to encourage their kids to get out into space and to create, you know, be with other kids? What yeah. would you say? Um, I guess there's two things there. One is introverts will be quite happy in their own world mm-hmm. doing their own thing. The other thing, of course, is encouraging them as much as possible to interact comfortably with other, other children and indeed adults because that is a skill set they will need for success in the future. How do we do that? Well, of course, we send them to school. We, we organise for them to meet up with their friends, but we don't push them too hard, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, you mentioned at the very beginning respecting our children. And that, of course, is one of the funda- again one of the fundamental <clears throat> principles of positive parenting. They are autonomous human beings with the same rights and responsibilities as the rest of us, albeit that right now, when they're young, they can't necessarily understand or exercise those completely. Nevertheless, that is their birthright, and we must respect that. 
Not everyone is ever going to be the life of the party. Not everyone is ever going to be a comfortable public speaker. The key thing is getting kids to the point where they are comfortable. So mm-hmm. I often recommend structured situations where they they have a task and so they're interacting with people but they don't have to think up topics of conversation, uh, which is why, for example, you might bring your child or your children to work sometimes and you give them a job to do maybe in partnership with one of the other people in the office whom you trust and so they're working together and they're just chatting away. It might be at a party. You can have them walking around asking people if they'd like some nuts or some crisps or whatever the case may be. So devise structured situations where they can mm-hmm. they can interact with others, but there isn't too much pressure in terms of what, what do I do next? What do I say next? Mm-hmm. Mm. I find that really helps with, um, with my little one, George. Um, if we give him a task in a situation, it's like, oh, okay. And then yeah. all of a sudden you can just see that he's just changes completely and how he, you know, his confidence just reaches another level because he feels like he's got something to, to uh, hold on to. Absolutely. And and you, yeah. you'll observe that in adults too. Mm-hmm. You'll, yeah. you'll see somebody on their own at a party and if you go over and say, oh, uh, hi, you know, could you give me a hand for a minute? I've got to get all these glasses out or I, I need to pour some champagne. Sure, I'd love to yeah. help, you yeah. know, and then they're engaged and there's some structure which is helping them interact with mm-hmm. other people. So number two, the characteristics. Oh, number yeah. two. Well, we've we've covered self-confidence. We've self-confidence. That's we've covered one. persistence. Persistence. We've, we've covered maturity. Mm-hmm. Kids making good decisions when parents are not around. Mm-hmm. And we as parents know that there are multiple opportunities for children to, to get into strife when parents are not around, mm-hmm. but we cannot be there forever. Mm -hmm. In fact, once they leave home and they start going to school, there will be many, many situations in which we need them to be making better choices. Mm -hmm. All right. So maturity is a a very important uh, accomplishment of character. Um, Grace, being modest in success, being cheerful in defeat so that they're not grumpy or blaming other people or uh, giving up or whatever the case may be, they learn to handle success and failure, both of which lie ahead. They learn to handle both of those comfortably. Um, respect. We've already touched on that. Mm-hmm. Respect for themselves, respect for other people. Respect, as we see it, is the foundation of any relationship. Friendship, an intimate relationship, colleagues at work. There's more to it than that, but respect is where it starts. And children need to learn that very early on. Um, Emotional control. A little while ago, we were talking about um, the rising levels of mental, you know, unfortunately Mm -hmm. mental disorder in young people. And um, a big part of this is because these children, they come to a psychologist's office and they have never been taught how to manage their emotions. I believe in a later session, we're going to be talking about tantrums. We're going to be talking about meltdowns, which I hasten to say are very normal and very natural. <laughs> how would you like to be, you're like a, you know, taken from Mars, dropped on Earth and suddenly expected to sort of get on with it and get on with everybody. I think I'd lose my rag a bit too. Absolutely. Okay. So they're normal, but of course... It it is not pleasant to watch an adolescent or indeed an adult have a meltdown, all right? So somewhere along that relatively short path of parenting, we have to equip them with the capacity to manage their emotions. Mm -hmm. And not only the mood disorders like anxiety and depression, but anger, jealousy, envy, fear, they are all emotions which are you know, which we all experience to some extent some of the time but we need to equip young people with the skills and the capacity to minimize those emotions so they don't become debilitating and worse still they don't degenerate into the curse of mental illness mm-hmm. and it can be done it can be done the techniques are there and in the book we explain how parents can assist their children to acquire all of these characteristics. Mm-hmm. Positive identity, mm-hmm. a, a feeling that I am a person in my own right, that I have worth, 
that I respect myself, that I am a master to a great extent of my own destiny. Mm. Mental disorder is associated with feelings of not being in control, of not being able to master most of what happens to us. Alrighty? Because, and this we go back to, the circle of independence, the sphere of autonomy, that is another reason why this independent play, free play as it's often called, is so critically important. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many authors, experts in the field, who say the decline, the dramatic decline in free play is one of the major causal factors for this increase in mental illness among young people. Mm. Free play, is that something that do you think childcare centres and schools, are they becoming more and more aware about the importance of free play? Um, I would I would think so. Okay. I would hope so. But it's interesting to, to, to consider why has free play become mm-hmm. so less a feature of children's lives mm. than it was in the past? I'm sure everyone's aware free play is yep uh, you might you might have you might have a fence around the garden a, a gate on the pool and and after that they are in charge they're deciding what to do mm-hmm. here the boundaries here the box don't cross the lines but you can do whatever you like inside in that inside yeah. that space and children less and less and less are being given that opportunity schools mm-hmm. are in a bit of a bind i think and i'm looking forward to talking to uh, Monica, the school psychologist who's coming to talk with us because mm-hmm. I'll be interested to explore that issue with her. Mm. Parents, of course, are concerned about the welfare and safety of their children, which runs counter to the notion that we give children space not only to play but to take age-related risks. Mm-hmm. All right? There are experts in the field that convinced that the decline, the dramatic decline in free play that has occurred again in the West over the last, even the last 20 years, is a major causal factor. Mm. So just going back, have we listed, have we gone through the characteristics? Not quite, no, we're we're, we're getting getting there. there. We've talked about positive identity, identity. competence, skills. What else Mm -hmm. are are children learning when they're out there? They're learning skills. Mm. They're learning how to do stuff. They're learning how to fix stuff. And one of the great temptations for parents is, Simple example, a child tying up a shoelace. Here, come here, I'll do that. Mm. Or putting on their shoes. Oh, he's got his yeah. shoes on the wrong And it's feet. so tempting to do because we're always in a, in a rush. Well, I feel like that. We're, just, we're in a hurry. We've got to get to work. We've got to get to appointments. Oh, quick, let me just do that. It's so tempting and easy to do it. But it's amazing. Since becoming a parent, that's one thing that's I've just learned is patience, patience, patience. And, and in fact, you can save time yeah. if you let children... Mm-hmm. Do their own thing. True, yeah. Okay. Uh, a favourite question I have for parents when they bring small children, who makes his lunch for school or who makes her mm-hmm. lunch for school? Yeah. Uh, I make his lunch. Why? He's eight. He'll be voting in 10 years' time. What, are you planning on giving him a full-time n- nanny for the rest of his life? So, in fact, mm-hmm. parents buy by putting more responsibility back on their children are not only freeing up their own time, mm-hmm. they, are, they are gifting their children with these accomplishments of character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is so important. It is so important. And yet there are so many parents who, who are almost addicted to doing everything for their children. Mm-hmm. So easy to do. Mm. I just want to go back to actually the identity one. Sure. Um, and recognizing identity. Um, I think that's it's another thing since you know, becoming a parent is just your awareness, you know, to become so aware of what your child's interests are, what they're into, and just taking that moment to just really get involved in what they're doing, what they're loving, what they're, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, I think that's something to really to really celebrate, to to really get in tune with that rather than saying, oh, I love footy, so here's a football, let's get you into footy. Sure. And actually, do you know what? They might not be into footy because their, be their, their, their identity is, is yeah. not there. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, a big one for parenting as well is just to be so aware of your child's interests maybe because in, or well, what do you reckon? Up, up to yeah. a point, but we don't yeah. necessarily know what their mm-hmm. interests will be, which yeah. again, which is why it's important that they are exposed 
to a range of 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 mm. opportunities to learn new skills or new sports or or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, and why it makes sense to engage your kids in whatever you happen to be doing. Mm-hmm. So rather than you're baking a cake, rather than say, oh, could you pass me that wooden spoon, please? You might say, we're going to bake a cake, are we? Yes, we are. And we're going to do it together. The first thing I need you to do is to read the recipe. That's assuming, you know, mm-hmm. the child is old enough, you know, to, to uh, be able to read reasonably well. But reading the recipe is, is a good exercise anyway. And mum or dad can be there to, to help them with that. Okay, now, you understand the recipe? Now, find, the, find all the ingredients in the cupboard for me, please. I'll get down, I'll get down the, the pot, which is in the high cupboard. And uh, if there's any slicing with sharp knives, I can do that bit. Away you go. Oh, yeah, I don't know where the wooden spoons are. Well, yeah, well, have a look around. They've got to be here somewhere. And I'm not saying it's, it's going to go swimmingly or perfectly, but more of that and, of course, accompanied by praise and encouragement. Mm-hmm. Children crave our recognition. Mm-hmm. They crave our attention. And unfortunately, uh, too often, they get our attention in the wrong ways mm-hmm. because they're misbehaving or they're playing up or something or other. So that's a surefire way. Yeah. When in doubt, if mum's ignoring you, I know, set fire to the curtains. That should get her attention. Mm-hmm. All right. Or something equally dramatic. Mm-hmm. So one of the really important habits of positive parenting is to praise regularly and praise appropriately. For and when you praise, you praise specific behaviors. You know what? I really like the way you you were playing with John over there. Uh, that was really good. And I saw you give him your football. I think that's very kind. Well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. All right. So when we praise, it's very behavior specific. So children know what behavior attracts their parents' attention so that they will repeat it in the future. It's what psychologists call positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. If you pay attention to a piece of behaviour, you reinforce it in the sense it will be repeated again into the future. Mm -hmm. But too often children hear, don't touch that, don't do that, don't don't do, you might hurt yourself, you know, and and if that's what they're learning, then don't be surprised if that's the behaviour that they then repeat. Mm -hmm. All right? So positive... Reinforcement, praise. Is it a bad thing if you overdo it? Like if you're constantly just saying, oh, well done, a good try. Like I feel like <laughs> at some point that's just going to, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. <laughs> Firstly, it has to be authentic. It has to be if a kid is not doing a good job, again, you can always praise. You can say, well, I can see that you're trying. Good on you for sticking at it. Let's see if we can sort this out. And, and ideally, of course, it's the, the praise is attached to one or more of the accomplishments of character that we've been talking about for persistence, for empathy, sharing toys or whatever with other children, for having a go, for accepting that, okay, well, we didn't win the game, but that's okay. We'll do better next week. You dive straight in. You say, yep, that's great. Mm -hmm. All right. What is particularly damaging for children is praise is non-specific praise for simply being who they are. Oh, you're the best boy in the school mm. because it's it, it can lead to a child developing narcissistic characteristics that they are superior to others. If I feel I'm superior to other people, it's very hard for me to build relationships because I expect people to interact with me from a position of inferiority. Mm. And when they don't as adults... I'm I'm constantly disappointed. So the non-specific praise, I think that's what what I was trying to mean. Comments like, "Oh, you're so smart," or "You're so, you know, you're so funny," or "You're so this," and just yeah. what do you th- think yeah, about I, that? What's I, your opinion I, on I, that? I, yeah, I I don't think there's anything wrong okay. with, with some of that, All but right. I like praise which is directly linked to accomplishments of mm-hmm. character because they're the they're the the personality traits that I am trying to equip my child with Mm -hmm. so that they can be a successful, healthy adult. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're you're very smart. 
followed by, I particularly like the way you drew that picture of the of the boat or the colours that you've used for da 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 da. Mm-hmm. So, okay, if you say someone's smart, follow it up with, well, why do you think they're smart? What was particularly smart about whatever they've been doing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. So the accomplishments of character, there's 10... 10 there. Yeah. It's it's obviously it's a lot for for a parent to remember them all all at once isn't there? Like yeah. and I suppose that depending on the age, depending on the stages of parenting, different characters and themes will come in at, at certain times. Correct. So what would be your advice uh, for parents? Do we need to, you know, stick this up on a wall or do we need to how do we yeah, have it embedded within our within us? Well, you know what I mean? I I, I think that's not a bad idea. Put them on the fridge. Mm-hmm. All right. Later in the book, we talk about uh, rules, mm-hmm. uh, rules for living, and uh, we actually, um, uh, when our children were were younger, uh, we had a set of rules. Uh, not really rule. It, it was called a guide for living. A guide for living. I love that. Talk truthfully. Walk humbly. Love tenderly. But I would have no problem putting those ten mm-hmm. accomplishments of mm. character on 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 a wall or a fridge door because the greatest tool parents have to impart them in their children mm-hmm. is, of course, to live those behaviours themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How does a child learn how, uh, for example, a small boy or a small girl learn how men, adult men and women, interact? Where primarily do they learn that? Mm, from us. By watching their parents. Yeah, exactly. Is there respect? Is there empathy? Mm-hmm. Is there praise, encouragement, support? Mm-hmm. All of those characteristics, I think if we looked at them, we'd say, yeah, well, I, uh, mm. I think they'd be quite good for me too. So if I put them on the fridge, I look at them every day and from time to time maybe refer to them with the children, but they're reasonably complex ideas so it'd be there's no real need to discuss them directly with kids mm-hmm. but by living them yourself mm-hmm. and then identifying and encouraging them in your children you will go a long way to achieving the desired result of positive mm-hmm. parenting and just the basic principles for parenting for yourself so you be- can become a uh, a better parent a happier parent and so then your child can be that's right so speaking of happiness, one of the questions is, you know, talking about positive parenting and just to bring a little bit bit of a, 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 an easy question here, how do we make our children happy? Ah, yeah, <laughs> very good question. Children are happiest when they feel in charge and they feel in control, when they're standing on their own feet, mm-hmm. when they're taking responsibility, when they're doing things, when they're achieving things. So literally just what we were just talking about. I, I the believe so. Character, they're happiest yeah. when when all of those are uh, are ticked and addressed and and it, it, you know, exactly. And and, yeah. and the other benefit, uh, Oscar Wilde once said, if you want children to do what you ask them, make sure they're happy. Mm-hmm. All right, happy children are so much easier to raise. Yep. All right, they they they're less grumpy. They're less they're less dissatisfied with what life is dishing out for them because the real benefits of life lie in a sense of I'm master of my own fate. I can have a control over what's going on around me. I can influence the future, not completely, but I can influence the future to achieve outcomes which are important for me. That's where happiness comes from. Mm-hmm. Happiness is, you know, has been described as an inside job. You know, it's, it's not something that I can acquire from outside. I might win the lottery. That would be nice. But as we all we we know, wealth up to some minimum point, additional wealth has no impact on people's happiness at all because it's an internal experience, and it comes from a sense of being in charge, being in control, doing things that are important to me, creating things that are important to me, taking some risks, maybe sometimes getting things wrong, but having a go, and that's why we come all the way back to this notion of a sphere of autonomy. A, a space where children can run their own lives mm. and we gradually expand that space as they grow. So Terence, you have three adult kids. I do, yes. Two grandkids and one on the way. And one on the way, that is that's correct. Exciting. Yes, yes. So and as a parent and a grandparent, is that would you say that's the number one um hope and intentions that you just want your kids to be happy? 
Is that number one or? I would I would say it slightly differently. Okay. I'd say I want my children and my grandchildren mm-hmm. and indeed the people around me, mm-hmm. uh, I want them to forge lives which are worthwhile and successful for them because I, I know if they do that, they will be happy. Mm-hmm. And I also know that they will minimise the risk of ever having to grapple with the scourge of mental illness. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are no guarantees. We can't, we can't guarantee. There's no perfect formula for raising the perfect child. But what we do in the book is we set out clear principles for maximising the chances that your children will grow into adults who are happy, psychologically healthy, resilient, confident and successful in their own terms. Whether my children are super successful in their careers or not is of no real interest to me. I want, of course, I want them to be able to earn a living so that they can, they can um, you know, pay their own way. But uh, accomplishments of character are the best guarantee of career success you can find anyway. And not only that, they, they maximise a, a, a child's chances of living a life that is satisfying and worthwhile for them and at the same time minimising their risk of ever being confronted with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a link between parenting and mental health, without a doubt. That's what you're talking a lot about in your in your book. Mm. Do you want to elaborate that a little bit more about what that, if you could summarise it in one sentence, what is that magical link between parenting and mental health? Again, it comes back to uh, a sense of identity, mm-hmm. of personal mastery, mm-hmm. not necessarily control, but a sense that I'm an individual in my own right, that I can influence events around me in ways which are beneficial for me and other people, and that I have the skills and I have the knowledge which will mean that I can forge a career that is worthwhile for me and also a future for my own family as well. When we were researching this book, we came across another book by an author, Bronnie Ware, who's a a nurse who was in palliative care. And she interviewed patients who were dying and they knew they were dying, many in their their 70s and their 80s. And they often expressed regrets about their lives. And it's it's well worth reading. And she identified uh, some of the key regrets that people have when they're facing the reality of death. And of course, none of the regrets are Oh, I wish I'd been prime minister. I wish I'd been a, a multimillionaire, or I wish I'd always been top of the class. It's things like I wish I'd had the courage to live the life that was right for me, to forge my own path. I wish I'd had the courage to speak up for myself and to say what I thought. Often for men, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. They didn't regret working but they regretted working so much that it took them away for too long from their their partners and from their children, particularly while their children were growing up. Mm. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And the last one, which I always find so poignant, is I wish I had let myself be happy. Now, you read those, it's hard not to feel a tear in your eye Mm, um, because... What we're saying here is we can equip children with all of the characteristics they need to avoid all of those regrets so that they can choose the life that is right for them. If being a multi-million dollar property developer is the life that's right for me or for my son or whomever, fine. I don't have a problem with that. Success should be celebrated as long as it's success that comes as a consequence of character development rather than success, which is designed to somehow try and boost my ego. If I'm not the best tennis player in the club, that will be awful. You know, I must make lots of money so that my friends uh, uh, appreciate me or, or whatever the case may be. Success and happiness are the byproducts of character. Mm-hmm. 
not the other way around. Mm. We know lots of money does not make you happy. And when you reflect on some of the, the billionaires we all know of whom we are speaking, who seem to, their lives seem to be blighted by mental disorder, relationship problems, drug um, and alcohol uh, issues, that demonstrates quite clearly that character development is the key to happiness and true, real success, which is success at doing something which is important to me. I'm just thinking that there's some, a really great like, parallel between these characteristics and these no regrets that, that you, the list that you just shared. I think as an adult ourselves, if we can you know, embody those, those rules on how to, you know, what, what do we want to be living when we're 90 years old? Exactly. And, and can we say, yep, I, I spent enough time with my kid. I, I, did, I, worked, I didn't work too hard, but I worked hard enough to give m- myself, the family, the kids, my grandkids, yeah, uh, the uh, life that they want. Absolutely. Um, so I think as, as a parent, it's, it's really important to understand what would you call them? No, no regrets yeah, if you like. or something yeah. like that. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. something simple. Because yeah. that also kind of ties in with these characters as well. And I think it's the essence and the theme of this podcast is positive parents resilient kids. Absolutely. So in order to raise and bring up resilient kids in the world, you need to feel positive. Absolutely. No, absolutely no question. The single most important tool that you have at your disposal, we talk about a number of them in the book, is yourself. Mm -hmm. The example or what we call the role model that you provide. If you're not happy most of the time, despite what's going on around you, Mm -hmm. if you're not confident most of the time confident about the future, how you're going to get on today or next week or whenever, if Mm. we're not like that, it would be unrealistic to expect that our children will Mm. grow like that. And I like how you say most of the time. Yeah. You know, because it's it's unrealistic. Of We're not going to be happy, happy, happy of course, of all course. the time because yeah. that's also not teaching our kids anything. If they just see your your parents just completely shutting away their anger, their sadness, that, you know, kids need to see that actually parents uh, can experience all those emotions uh, as well. That's all completely normal. Absolutely. Parents can, you know, also feel a little bit of insecurity sometimes and, and lack confidence sometimes. But you say most of the time it's really important to feel happy, confident, independent ourselves yes. and being really true to who we are Exactly, most of the time. Exactly. Because once we can do that, I don't know, I don't know what the percentage would be, but I'm getting a bit technical there, but as much as possible, let's say, then that's then your job is easy. Everything it's, just kind of it's flows It's much, into... much, much easier. It's yeah. much, much, much easier. And you're absolutely correct, Millie. Anger, fear, sadness, anxiety, to an extent, are normal human emotions. Mm-hmm. And emotional control as an accomplishment of character is about assisting children to attach those emotions in appropriate ways. All right. So a child comes home from school and tells a parent that, oh, well, I wasn't picked for the basketball team or I didn't get the the part in the play that I chose. How do mum and dad react? How do we react? Are they resilient and say, well, okay, did you ask the coach? Any reason? Oh, yeah, I did. Well, what did the coach say? Well, I need to go to training more often. Okay, well, that's, that's useful knowledge. Obviously, if, if you want to get into the, the, that team, clearly you need to go to training more regularly, for example. But if a parent overreacts with a negative emotion about what is in reality, it's a big deal to the kid, but we must be careful not to attach it to inappropriate emotions. Again, we'll be talking about tantrums later, but a a child might pour water on their foot and that is a big deal and they attach a great deal of negative emotion to that event. If parents then come in and start getting concerned either for the child, overly concerned for the child or overly concerned for the furniture, what is the child learning? That something which is a relatively, on the scale of things, a relatively minor issue is it's appropriate and right and normal to attach significant negative emotions to it. So how are they going to handle missing out on the promotion at work? How are they going to handle being turned, a proposal of, of marriage or, or whatever being, being turned down? Because they have their emotions at too high a register and they, we need to wind those back. And when you think about it, to me, there's three or four things in the world worth getting angry about. There's a small number of things. Yes, we get depressed. The the loss of loved ones um, is an obvious example. 
but we must be very careful to attach appropriate emotions to different events so that our children learn to manage setbacks, large, medium, and small, in appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. And they're not overwhelmed by the fact that they haven't been asked to a certain party or that someone who was their friend has now decided they don't want to be their friend anymore. Yes, it's disappointing. It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And that is what emotional control is about. Okay. So... To, to, I think uh, we've we've covered a covered a lot here. You sure um, have. I covered a lot, and, and the characteristics is going to be one thing that I think a lot of our viewers and and listeners will want to understand a little bit more. So we're going to I'll, I'll leave a, some notes in the video and podcast episode for people to reflect to. Good. People can of course you know head to the website positiveparenting.com.au yeah. where they can purchase the book yes. and understand a, a little bit more and use these as a bit of a um, an anchoring. These this becomes like the 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 anchors and the foundations, let's say the foundation blocks to positive parenting. Would you say that's a- ab- absolutely that's it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yep. What what I'm hoping we're going to do, Millie, this mm-hmm. of course is is our first one, yep. but we will we will touch on all of the the core messages in the book Mm -hmm. in the course of the podcast and we'll link them to the practical challenges of parenting like like I I think we have Mm -hmm. today uh, so that parents can understand that I can do a fabulous job raising my kids while I enjoy a successful career Mm -hmm. while I uh, enjoy a successful relationship plus successful friendships Mm -hmm. plus 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 because parenting is not something you do two children in a kind of an isolate, oh yeah, this is my parenting space. It's something we do with children. It's a team activity, if you like. And the kid is involved just as much as the parent. And so a lot of parenting is doing stuff together and using the opportunity to display the accomplishments of character you're hoping to encourage in your children and to specifically identify, praise and encourage, sympathise where necessary, but gradually encourage your child down that particular track. Mm -hmm. And where we started was saying, you know, we're in the business of raising future adults. All right. So here we have a situation. How, when he or she is 18, 19, 20, a bit older, how would we want them to respond and handle this situation? What can we do right now to encourage at least some of that mm-hmm. adult-like behaviour? Mm. That's what this is about. It's it's mm. being a it's being a successful parent parent without giving up the rest of your life mm-hmm. and without feeling guilty because you're not always there with your child or and so on and so forth. Yep. And not losing, as a parent, your own identity. Exactly. You know, that's that's quite a common theme that I've experienced with my friends. Mm. Um, out and, and some of the mothers were going back to work mm. and because, oh, I feel myself again. Yeah, and I yeah, can, you yeah, know, have yeah. normal conversations. Yeah, and yeah. feeling yourself is so important. For you, you for and you for your and child. For your child. Like that's, I think that that really... That's it. That's a bit of bit of everything there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's do a bit of a. Um, I don't know. Do we need to do like some soul searching? Do we need to like do some? <laughs> if, if we if we feel like we don't, for those who don't feel like they know truly who they are, yeah. And like, oh my goodness, how am I going to bring up a resilient, um, happy kid if I don't know who I am? Like, that's- I, I think that's a really good point, Millie. I think yeah, do some soul searching perhaps and say, okay, first 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 off, I have to be happy. I have to feel good about myself. I need to feel that life is a worthwhile challenge, is, a, is an exciting, inspiring adventure. Because if I feel like that, my children automatically will feel that. Mm-hmm. And I don't need, this is the whole point, I don't need lots of money. I don't need a fancy house or a, a swanky car or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. What I need is a sense of self, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of independence, a capacity to stand on my own feet, to laugh at myself, to not take myself too seriously or to take the world too seriously. Mm-hmm. There are a very small number of things worth taking seriously mm-hmm. and the rest, it simply is not. Yep. It is simply not. Mm-hmm. And if you can impart that to children, perhaps that's one of the greatest gifts of all. Mm-hmm. Most yep. of life's a comedy, so we might as well laugh yeah, at it. That's true. That was um, advice from my 85-year-old popper said, 
just, you know, the best advice is just don't take life too seriously. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, oh, I think when he told me that at the time, it was just like so much was going on. And then exactly. I just felt this like, oh, I've a sense of relief. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, you know, just when you know that you can just go through life in a bit of a flow, a bit more naturally, you can just and you know, be yourself And stuff's more. going to happen. Yeah. But none of it is going to be particularly serious. Maybe, maybe, yeah, occasionally mm-hmm. bad things happen and we, yeah. we don't have to deal with those mm-hmm. and they will be tough. But the vast majority of life can be and should be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's an adventure which we enjoy with our children mm-hmm. and our children are along for the ride. Yeah. And if we can take that approach... Our kids will tune into that. Sometimes they won't want to, you know, and and later on we will talk about some of the more, mm-hmm. perhaps the more challenging issues of, of discipline because children don't start knowing what's the best thing to do in a range of situations. They don't necessarily, well, they don't start with wisdom and know how to make wiser choices mm-hmm. when we're not around. That's something we need to bring them to and we have a duty and a responsibility to do that. But again, it can be done in a respectful and a relatively relaxed manner. Mm. Well, I'm really looking forward to the um, upcoming episodes. We have uh, a few guests lined up. We do. Um, we're talking about different age groups. So there's one on navigating the teenage storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's one, obviously one on schooling. Yeah. There's going to be the tantrums. There's going to be tactics on on how to, you know, raise a resilient and, and yeah independent kid letting is going to go. be letting them go. Yeah, yeah. We haven't locked them all down because, you know, we're going to keep it fluid as, as we go along. But I'm, yeah, really intrigued. And I think, like, like I said, at the start of this episode, I feel like I've just begun my journey as a parent and and this has been really insightful. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into this, the characteristics. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to put them on the fridge or, or something uh, like yeah, that. And absolutely, just like, absolutely. And like, yeah, just like this constant, you know, reinforcement of like, okay, this is... This is me. Yeah, I'm being a good parent if I'm doing, you know, X, Y, Z and just, but also looking at it in a bit of a, a light way as well. I think that's really important. Oh, absolutely. Parenting, it's, it is a challenge, mm. but it can be, yeah, how, how to make it as easy for you, I think is, is a, is a good one. Ab- yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And not it, to take it, yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge. So is mm-hmm. playing your best game of tennis yeah. or whatever activity you enjoy. So it's challenging, but, but for the yeah. most part, the most part enjoyable. Yeah, and it's fun. Mm. That was the first, that was the one thing that surprised me when I became a parent. It's like, it's weirdly fun. So there we go. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Terence. Thank you very much, Millie. And I look forward to uh, us getting together again in the near future. Yes, can't wait for episode number two. Excellent. All right, thank you.